Hello and welcome to Dowdy, the podcast where me, Mariana Feijó, talk to my guests about the concept of bravery, or braveness, even just the moments where folks have been slightly out of their comfort zones. This week I was brave because I went back to exercising. I feel like this past year with the pandemic, and probably it happens every year, it's just that because of the pandemic, because of the fact that we're stuck at home, not having like a bunch of social interactions and our usual other both leisure and work activities that make us leave the house and be distracted. I probably notice more that this past year, because it's been a year, guys. It's been a long time. Fuck. I feel like I went through all the stages of fitness motivation. At the start of it, I was stuck at my parents in Portugal and I was running every day and it's hilly, which makes it harder and I was doing it. And then when I came back to London, we were allowed to exercise outside, so I was doing capoeira practice outside. And then after the summer, I don't know, things went downhill. (laughs) Uh, We managed to do capoeira for a long time until this lockdown, both outside in the freezing cold and inside a gym where we we were allowed to. But I usually always do like add-ons to that and I was downhill after the summer, (laughs) nothing. And then with lockdown, we aren't allowed to practice group exercise, so no more capoeira in a group, which meant that all the exercise I'm supposed to do, I have to do on my own and with my own motivation. And the only thing I've been doing is walks, long walks, with a friend most of the times, because long walks by myself also, where is the motivation for that? But I've started today to exercise again, and I'm very happy because it's scary, because once you start again, you've lost some of the ability you had before, some of the strength and stamina you had before. So it's like starting from the beginning and it's scary. It's scary, guys. It's not a nice feeling, but I did get Fitness Plus and I'm not sponsored by Apple, sadly, because I could use a sponsorship by Apple. I'm not sponsored by them, but I started using their Fitness Plus app that has walks with Ollie Parton. I mean, I love my friends I've been walking with, but a walk with Ollie Parton, come on. And then there's like small strength exercises, core exercises, relaxation exercises, yoga, dance exercises, there's everything. And you can like mix and match everything a little bit with someone telling you what to do, which makes it easier than you having to come up with. What exercise should I do today to strengthen my freaking legs or my freaking bum or to make me run faster? I don't know. Fitness Plus does that for you and makes things a little bit easier. And I'm not going to keep talking today because I am going on a walk with Dolly Parton right after I stop this editing session. So I go straight into this episode, which starts as Dowdy always starts, with my guest Shalaka Kurup introducing herself. My name is Shalaka. I am a, by day, I'm a user researcher, um, which means I kind of figure out what people want in products and services. It comes from my background, which is in human factors and psychology. And on the side, I do a lot of stand-up comedy and I cook a lot as well, but that's just a hobby. So yeah. Uh, Shalaka hosts a really cool night. I I think my words are running away from me which is not useful for a podcast but yeah you've run a really cool show called say my name that i've had a lot of fun doing and i've been telling a lot of people i meet on my travels mostly 
sitting down at my desk on Zoom <laughs> these days, but yeah, uh, to check it out because yeah. I don't know, they've, I've seen them do some material about their names or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and I, check this show out, talk to them. Yeah, Thank you I so much. Anyone because anyone has reached out. Yeah, that, that would actually be really great. So if anyone listening to this has material on their names, um, let me know, let us know because we're constantly looking for new acts. So we'd love to have you on. Um, also, Mariana was great. Uh, so, oh, thank yeah, you. You were fantastic. I, so. I hadn't realized I had so much to say about my name. <laughs> when you asked me about it, I, I thought, sure, I've always had trouble, like, because I have a huge name and then, oh, mm. so many things. <laughs> yeah, you're not even the, I, I don't even think you're like the fifth or sixth. I think you're probably the 10th person who said that. <laughs> it's so common because people don't think about it and then they start and they're like, I can't stop. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so many things. Yeah. Uh, how would you define bravery? I was actually thinking about that. I've been thinking about this for so long now. I'm losing my mind a little bit. <laughs> You're not <laughs> also the first person to say that. I think I'm I'm uh, like making people think a lot and losing their minds. So yeah, yeah, I don't know if that's what I wanted with the podcast, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> um, because I was thinking about um, the question you sent to me was... Um, think about moments in your life in which you've been brave and everything I thought about, I'm like, that's not bravery, that's stupidity. <laughs> so I don't actually know whether there's a difference between the things I do that strike fear in me that I get over that I then consider brave um, between that and stupidity. So, but that's one definition of bravery. But then when I, uh, when I think about other people, for example, Malala is a great example uh, what she had to go through, what she's achieved, standing up for uh, women's education. That's to me is like the standard box, standard definition of bravery. Yeah. Um, but in terms of my own personal life, uh, I have no clue what bravery is. <laughs> <laughs> which is our next step is talking about the moments in your life in which you have been brave or maybe stupid. But yeah, we, <laughs> that definition, that uh, like uh, line is crossed a lot in mm -hmm. our conversations in the podcast. <laughs> the, the line between bravery and stupidity sometimes fades. Yeah. What were moments in your life in which you have been brave? So I thought of two different things. I thought of moments where I've been shit scared and then gotten over it because I had to. And in terms of that, I think the moments in my life where I feel like I was surprisingly brave were um, when I, I went to Peru last year, year before last. I can't remember now. Um, and uh, we ziplined across the the valley. What, what valley was it? Anyway, we ziplined uh, across quite a long distance. And when you look down, especially the longest we ziplined, when you look down, you could see so much. Like it was so far below that I was, I felt the sense of calmness that I was like, if anything snaps or anything breaks, well, I'm not going to feel it because... I'll just immediately die. So that felt brave because uh, we did three zip lines and the first one that I did, I genuinely didn't feel like I was going to do it. And then I was like, well, I paid so much money to be here, I should. So I just kind of pushed those thoughts out of my head and did that. So I, I felt like that was brave in some sense and also stupid. Yeah, but for sure, like those are things that make me very afraid. Mm -hmm. I, I, like, I remember like I went to Brazil over 10 years ago mm -hmm. and I did like a zipline thing that we, but we were ziplining into water. So that was the, um, the objective was yeah. to fall underwater. So I don't know, I, I did that well without fear, but mm -hmm. some other things like that 
make me very afraid. There's this rope bridge in Ireland. Yeah, yes. I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> I couldn't go... <laughs> I couldn't cross it yeah. and it was very foggy. So I also like, I was making excuses for myself. You mm. can't see anything. So even if I cross, I won't see anything. It's very foggy. <laughs> so why yeah. put myself through the risk of doing it? Yeah. My 10 year old niece at the time did it with no fear. I'm like, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> Kids are insane though. Kids have absolutely no fear when it comes to anything. I like when I, if I think of the, the sort of shit I was getting up to at the age of like six or seven or even 10. I would never do that now. I used to rollerblade quite a bit and I'd fall down a lot. And now if I'd put on a pair of rollerblades, I'd be terrified of falling down. <laughs> yeah, you were going to go into another uh, bravery. Yeah, the other thing was uh, things that other people have said that I'm brave for, where I've been like, yes, uh, which is stuff like I moved to this country when I was 18 and People are like, that's so brave. You just decided to pack up and move to a new country. You didn't even know anyone here. You'd never been to the UK before. And people say that's something brave that I've done. So I thought it might be a good example. But personally, I, I again, it's that thing of what is bravery. Because I didn't think about it at the time. So is it brave that I did it without thinking about it? I guess, maybe? Or, I mean, if I wasn't scared, then I didn't really get over anything. So I don't know yeah. if that was bravery or not. But it's something that people say was brave. Yeah, we also like chatted before in this po in the podcast about uh, the idea that bravery sometimes is in the eye of the beholder, and something mm -hmm. like that is like I I also get told, and I was older and mm. used to live closer to the UK than <laughs> you, so I moved not from such a far away place or further away place, uh, but yeah, people also say that I'm brave for having moved here and stuff like that, and I don't consider that brave. Um, mm. so yeah there's a lot of it that it's like from what other people see yeah I think people think what I think people's perceptions of other people's bravery is based off of their own discomfort so mm. I think um, when uh, over the summer I went out climbing like outdoors for the first time um, and I sent my parents the photos and they were at they were completely shocked. They were like, how, why would you climb that high? Weren't you scared? And I was like, no, there was equipment. And they're like, it's just ropes. But I think it's because it's something that they would find absolutely terrifying. It's so far out of their comfort zone that they think it's bonkers that I do something like that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of my fears sometimes are, I blame my parents <laughs> for that. <laughs> I've learned how to ride a bicycle maybe two mm -hmm. or three years ago. And I guess like I was never taught by them. So part of it is their fault. <laughs> like my <laughs> sister knows how to ride a bike. I don't. So hmm, what happened there? Uh, <laughs> but things like when I did tell them that I was learning how to ride a bike, my mom was like, don't, don't ride a bike in traffic. Don't, don't do this. Don't do that. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah. I am very afraid of doing it. But yeah. a lot of it is also them telling me, oh no, careful, be careful, be so careful. Yeah. I have that where I was uh, briefly a, a while ago, I was like, oh, you know what I want? I want to get a motorbike, like a motorcycle, a Vespa, something, something cool. I'll have it. I'll ride around. And every all I could hear in my head was my mother going, a car will hit you and you will die. And I was too scared to even go through the process of even investigating how to get a license. 
<laughs> but they just kind of transfer that onto you sometimes, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> and she didn't even have to tell you. You could just listen yeah, without her telling you anything. <laughs> Literally, to this day, my parents don't know that I was considering getting uh, motor motorbike driving lessons at all. I was like, there's no point. I know how this conversation is going to go. I might as well just have it by myself. <laughs> Why did you move to the UK? I think I know the answer, but for the purpose of our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Um, I moved to the UK for university. I just finished high school and um, yeah, that was basically it. And it was a very last minute decision. And I really wanted to go to the US at that time because that was something that people I knew were doing. Um, and I just wanted to have an adventure. And the US, turns out you need to do the SATs and a lot of exams in the UK were just like, just past your A-levels and I was like I'll go for that option because it's easier and I ended up here and you finished a PhD at some point in the last mm -hmm. year or something like that so you've been here for a considerable amount of time yeah eight years now yeah it was eight years in September because I came in 2012 how uh, are you happy with your decision <laughs> I think I am. Yeah, th this is why I don't think it has anything to do with, I guess it's hindsight, but this is why I don't think it has anything to do with bravery because everything turned out so well for me that it feels like a shame to to pretend that I thought something bad was going to happen. I, I live in London. I love it here. Like everything's worked out so well that it feels a bit dishonest to go back and be like, no, actually, it was very brave for me to choose this life that's going very well for me right now. <laughs> so, yeah. I think there's also like a, a thing to be said about the modern times because mm -hmm. in the past if you moved like away from your family and your friends the communication will have been yeah. harder and also like traveling back yeah. I guess and now it's pretty easy to do those things especially the communication so distances yeah. seem a little less far away yeah like I talked, I talked to my parents once a week. Um, I have two friends who are getting married in 2021 and we've been talking about their weddings fairly routinely, things like that. It's, it's weird, but none of that would have happened without the level of communication we have these days. Yeah. yeah. The fact that my friend just calls me randomly out of the blue to give me 10 more instructions for her wedding. Um, and that's perfectly fine. It's not like she has to worry about how much it costs to make an international phone call or something of the sort. Yeah. Or like but, write yeah. a letter that will take, <laughs> uh, I don't know how long to get here. Yeah, then, uh, exactly. <laughs> I'm just this... like, I'm, I'm imagining the people like war people, <laughs> lovers writing to each other. And, uh. Yeah, I know. Sometimes I think about that, not war specifically, but <laughs> people communicating in the olden days. Like my mom was telling me about how my granddad lived abroad, used to travel quite a bit for work, and he'd write her these letters and how special they were and how much he treasured them. And for a second, I was like, oh, that would have been nice to have, you know, like something that big in your life that comes from somebody else, not like 50 text messages from some friend of yours or whatever. But at the same time, I was like, how much do I care about something like that, though? <laughs> would, do I value a text message that I get immediately? Or do I want a letter that I'm going to get in one month? Yeah, it's like an interesting consideration because I remember when film photography was the only mm -hmm. thing you, you'd have, you didn't have any digital photography. So you 
I think you treasured the photos you have have more. I like I yeah. remember the photos. They're printed in an album, in a photo yeah. album somewhere at my parents. And now I take so many photos that it's like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's maybe like some that stick in your head, but it's... <laughs> yeah. This is the thing. This, this is why I wa- sometimes I wonder whether it's our generation as a whole or it's just me where there's so many things where I feel like I'm deeply flawed where other people value them and I just no nostalgia no <laughs> care for my memories just nothing and I don't know whether it's because everything's so easily accessible or I just have absolutely no emotional attachment at all to things or to people <laughs> I don't know <laughs> it's just like things that people like literally about 20 minutes ago I was talking to my partner about snail mail and how people love getting like actual post in the mail and I love getting packages in the mail with things but in terms of a letter I don't feel anything in my heart when I get a letter in the post if that makes sense and so many people treasure it and value it and I feel like there's some sort of disconnect there that I'm not getting but maybe it's because I take communication for granted or I don't know maybe I like I like getting snail mail mostly because I get it by surprise. People don't tell mm. me I'm going to write you a letter. I just like, oh, yeah. this yeah. is fun. Someone thought about me and sent me something. Yeah. So I have a friend who sends me surprise snail mail. That's the only snail mail and I enjoy because it's always like, oh, this, what? This is nice. This came out of nowhere. Yeah. But in terms of, I just, I think I'm just very unromantic because I think it's just inefficient. <laughs> like why wait two days to get a letter? <laughs> And you can have it in 30 seconds. And people will like, friends will look at me and be like, Shaka, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, I just, if you just tell me what you want to say in a text, why waste paper? Why waste the efforts of the Royal Mail Service? I, I agree with that. Yeah. If, it, if it's like a message you need to get across, yeah. just text. Or uh, <laughs> I also like have a, a pet peeve about people send voice notes. <laughs> yeah. Because I always have to like, if I'm on the street, I need to. Yeah pick up my earphones to ear to, the, yeah. to listen to the voice note and stuff like that but at the same time when it's like for my partner I'm in a long distance relationship with mm. sometimes I like getting a voice note or sending a voice note but those yeah. are like more intimate things yeah also I like sending voice notes because it means I don't have to put an in effort into typing but I yeah. don't like getting them a lot of the time because I get them and I'm like <sighs> because by the time I get through half listening to half of it I'm like I'm thinking of how to respond. So I start typing and then I've skipped a bit of the voice. So then I need to go back and pay attention. It just takes longer than reading a text. Yeah, but I can totally see how it's easier for the person sending the yeah. text to just do a voice note. So yeah, we're just pretty selfish people, I guess. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I think what's brave is that I've come onto this podcast to admit just how selfish I am in so many different ways. I don't care about letters. I don't care about my friend's voice notes. God, that I sound is, like a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand of the spectrum, mm-hmm. or the other end of the spectrum, were there moments in your life in which you haven't done things because you weren't brave or were afraid? Yeah, so probably tons. <laughs> but it, so over the summer, I'd gone on a climbing holiday um, and a lot of the people that I went with were doing something called deep water soloing, which is when you climb over a rock face, I, I don't know, some mountain climbing terms that I 
cannot fathom. You <laughs> climb on the side of a cliff or a rock face or whatever over um, a body of water and you essentially, if you climb to the top or you can let go or when you reach the top, you can let go and jump back in and it's from quite a height or you can just jump from the top into the water either way. Um, and everyone did that or there was a very easy way to get into the water which wasn't even jumpy at all you just kind of walk around the side and then just kind of wade into the water and I just didn't mm -hmm. do it uh, because I was, did not want to be cold um, I'll do a lot of crazy things but being cold in the water <laughs> is something I just have no bravery for whatsoever I don't know what it is it just scares me was it in the UK yes <laughs> yeah the water is cold uh, I did like spend most of my holidays as a kid in in the Atlantic Ocean in the north of Portugal and mm -hmm. the water is pretty cold um, like Oof. bone achingly cold Oof. and I used to enjoy it as a kid I don't enjoy it as much now but yeah. I think part of the fear is if the water is really really cold you get like you may even get spasms and stuff like that so yeah I don't know if it's easy to then swim and stuff I'm not even that confident a swimmer so <laughs> On top of the water being cold, I'm like, I don't want it to be cold. I just like, it's really stupid, but I'll put my toe into the water. And I just get an image of that last scene from the Titanic in my head for some reason. And I'm like, oh, I'll just freeze like Leo. <laughs> I don't want to. Push me away from the door and I'll just yeah, exactly. freeze. And I don't even think I have the willpower to climb back onto the door if I fell off and it was empty and it, I was cold. I think I'd just be like, oh, shit, it's me, done now. <laughs> yeah. If that's the image that comes to your head when you put like a little toe into the water, yeah, I, I guess that, yeah. <laughs> it's because the, um, the first time I went to a beach in the UK, I'd gone to, and it was the first time I'd been to a beach in quite a while, I'd gone to Western Supermare in the middle of summer like properly hot it was boiling outside I was sweating on the train there that's how hot it was got to the beach and I was so excited I ran from the beach into the water and it was the worst shock I've ever had in my life because in India when you go to the beach the water is warm it's colder than being on land but it's still warm comparatively and I did not expect that at all it was horrible and ever since then I've been like I don't want to get into the water in this country <laughs> Yeah, I guess like that's a shock if you were expecting warm water. <laughs> yeah, because I was I was I was expecting cool water, but cool in comparison to the heat. If that makes sense, yeah. not like it's it's twenty six degrees out, but the water is ice cold. How it's ridiculous. <laughs> I've only been to the water in the UK twice. Mm -hmm. To the water, to the sea water. I've I've showered since <laughs> I moved here seven years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I've been like in Swansea and the water was really really cool mm -hmm. uh, and then I went this year yeah this year to um, what was it called it's like in the south end part of the coasts but it was one of the ones before south end and the water was really warm but because it starts coming from very far away mm. so when it finally reaches you yeah and the what like the um, tide starts coming in it's very warm and i yeah. was very surprised by that because i was expecting freezing water yeah i don't know what you i based on your experience so i don't think your warm and my warm is the same thing yeah no, this was warmer <laughs> than the <laughs> the water in my water like the atlantic ocean water yeah. that i grew up with um yeah fair, fair enough <laughs> not as warm like the warmest water i've ever been in was in cuba 
and it was it it seemed I think it was warmer than the outside weather because it oh, felt like nice. you were going into soup. I don't know. It was weird. That's that's my perfect level of <laughs> seawater heat. I'd swim all the time if all the water was that hot. That's amazing. It's like you start swimming and sweating. It's it's not. <laughs> that's that's the dream. Especially when I when I came here and they told me there was all the swimming pools were heated. I was like. They're what? It's like a jacuzzi. And they're like, no, it's like room temperature heated. And I was like, that's magic. That's magical to me. <laughs> that's amazing. It's true. I've, I've I actually, like, I live right next to a Lido, the mm -hmm. London Fields Lido. And the water is heated and it's an outside pool. And I've really? never been. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that Lidos were heated as well. I don't think all of them are. Okay. But, but yeah, this one is like, people know it from being heated. And like few years ago there was like heavy snow here and people were swimming in the lido because the water is heated that's like, amazing but then you have to go out of the pool yeah <laughs> that sounds like when you watch those movies i've never been skiing but it sounds like what i imagine skiing is like where you go skiing all day and come back and jump into a jacuzzi or whatever people do in movies about skiing yeah uh, sounds amazing there's also those people who have the tradition of jumping in water on like the first of january or stuff like that in like yeah. very cold countries that's why? A, that also sounds like why <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> that i agree with you why uh, yeah no i don't like doing anything remotely uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> is there anything coming up in your life for which you will have to be brave oh i actually had i thought about possible things i need to be brave for um let me i made like notes about bravery just like everything i could think of off the top of my head yes I remember what I wrote down. I was thinking about how it's not exactly what you mentioned, but um, I was thinking about how I could, what I need to be more brave about. And so this is a more abstract version of what you asked, but I need to be more brave about saying no to people and things because I'm very bad at that. Either I will make an excuse or 99% of the time I'll just say yes and figure out how to work my way around it later. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, I do not like saying no to people, so I should probably be braver for that do you end up having like a full schedule of things you don't want to do <laughs> that you just said yes to? yeah it's it's because a few years back i went through this stupid phase of i didn't watch the movie yes man i read the book yes man this was many years back and i was like okay i'm gonna say yes to everything it'll make my life more enriched because i'm so bored of my life and it worked out really well but then it just led to this trend of people discovering that i'll say yes to things <laughs> so one of my friends once when they were drunk turned to me and were like I love hanging out with you Shalaka if there's anybody who I need to call who wants to do anything at any point in time you'll just do it and I was like that's what I've become <laughs> just like and they meant it in a nice way they're like you're always up for things or whatever but I'm like sometimes I'm just tired but I'll say yes because it feels like I should be up for things um so I want to say no more I think that's something yeah. I should be braver about you have to find a balance but i find saying no sometimes it's hard because you don't also don't want to disappoint people exactly i hate like if i get like the faintest idea or just just a feeling that somebody may not like me that much i start panicking i need everyone to like me a lot all the time <laughs> Otherwise, I'm deeply uncomfortable. So saying no very much does not go well with that. Yeah, I think some people are nice about you saying no, but you always expect the worst possible outcome of saying no to somebody or something. You don't expect someone to be like, yeah, that's fair. You always expect somebody to be like, well, we're never talking again. 
<laughs> or whatever horrible situation my brain has made up at that point in time but yeah yeah but have you said no to people before and have like a really bad reaction from them or is um, just things you make up in your head i have had bad reactions from um saying no to people i said no to having somebody or well i didn't say no i said i would get back to see this is my problem i didn't say no um i said if i was interested in having them do our gig say my name i would get back to them and i just never did and then they got back being like would you want us and i was like i'm sorry um probably not um we filled up the slots and they got pretty mad at me there was that bad reactions i think i've had a lot of bad reactions to saying no in high school i think all of my trauma comes from high school <laughs> Oh, everyone's trauma comes from my <laughs> high school. Yeah, I think all of my expectations of the world unfortunately are because of high school. And it's like the the thing that prepares you worse for the world and the future. So yeah, yeah we like we we build up our uh, ideas and expectations yeah. at that time and then nothing yeah. is what we thought it was when we were 14. Yeah, exactly. I think I graduated from high school what many years ago now but there's still some things where I'll walk into a room and people look a certain way and I'm like that's it they were bitching about me they're all bitching about me in a group everyone together was talking about me and now they've all decided that they hate me and then suddenly I'll snap out of it and be like you're 27 years old what is wrong with you why do you think like this and it's all from high school it's true because like sometimes like I, i feel and that's something i was going to say before as well because i think we all expect bad things to happen like we expect people to be judging us all the time mm -hmm. and they're living their lives and <laughs> don't really care about you <laughs> uh, like when doing stand-up you're really afraid of doing badly of people not laughing mm -hmm. but those yeah it's like horrible to be on stage and people not laughing yeah. but those people won't remember you yeah if they see you again they won't say oh that was the person that i didn't laugh at and the same with saying no yeah. and i think that's that all comes from high school because in high school People were judging you all, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like those people in your class were judging you all the time. You were judging them as well. So it's yeah. like a give and take <laughs> thing. <Yeah. laughs> That's actually the thing you said about stand-up. I've literally never thought that way before. I've never thought about it before because I've always been like, oh, it's fine. If if things go badly, it's just it's just one one show. You'll get over it, whatever. I've literally never thought about the fact that if you suck, nobody will remember you. That's amazing. That's like, that's so motivating almost. It's really inspirational. Because yeah, you're right. All the comedy nights I've been to where I've seen not horrible people, but people who haven't left them like been memorable. They've just not been memorable. The only ones yeah. where I've seen someone horrible is they've done something or said something horrible. So yeah. yeah and you see a lot of people saying and doing horrible things. Yeah. But yeah, apart from those, the other ones are just not memorable. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's so inspiring. <laughs> I think I've learned that with Isabona Chera in her episode, <laughs> or like that's the first time I really thought, mm, that's true. No one will remember if I do a bad gig. So just yeah. strive for doing good gigs and yeah. something will happen. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, what I thought about when you were talking about um, no one cares about you, they're just going on with their own lives. Nobody's just judging you. It's one of the things that I loved the most when I moved to this country because um, back at home, Everyone's always in your business all the time. Like people want to know about your life. They're always asking you questions. Everyone's like talking with each other about everything, especially coming straight from high school to 
adulthood essentially come to the uk and people in this country they just don't care and it's amazing everyone i interact maybe it was comparative now i've discovered that people in this country care a lot about a lot of things (laughs) and we'll make sure that you know about it but when i moved here it was compared to um people who always were nosy about your business back at home. I moved here and literally nobody cared about what I was up to, what I was doing at any point in time. And I said that to somebody, uh, one of my friends back at home, and we were talking, they're like, that's so sad, you sound lonely. And I was like, no, (laughs) this is the most comfortable I've ever been. I'm so happy right now. Nobody gives a shit about what I do. It's amazing. Did you live in like a a big city? I lived in Nottingham, which was um, relatively... Uh, it's not big it's quite small especially compared to like Birmingham or London but I think it's because it's such a university city everyone was quite busy being university students and living their own lives and being quite self-involved so and back home was it Um, like a smaller city or no like huge like yeah proper properly huge yeah so like who are the people who are into like all up in your business like family and friends or like strangers into both all like um, so where I come from, Bangalore is such a small place that everyone kind of knows everyone else. You'll meet somebody who goes to another school that you've never met before. And within like two minutes, you'll be you'll find somebody that you have in common or you'll find out that their mom knows your mom or something like that. Like It just feels like everyone kind of knows everyone else. And then eventually yeah. in the circles that my high school and other schools, similar schools were in, you end up all kind of knowing each other and people knowing a little bit of your business. And then on top of that, family is also not my family personally, but extended people are very much the same where they always want to know what you're doing, like who's who's getting married when and who's put on weight and who's lost weight and a lot of other weight questions. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's very... Um, it's it comes from a loving place a lot of the time where people are just very interested in your life but also for someone like me who as we have established has no emotional attachment a lot of the time <laughs> um it's very difficult um I mean, it's not difficult it's just yeah i prefer an anonymity to that a certain extent yeah i i'm from a very small town in portugal and mm-hmm. everyone is all over everyone's life uh, i guess like less my family than yeah. like strangers in the city right. uh, I think I've said it in a podcast before but well if you're a, a regular listener you'll, you'll hear it again <laughs> my parents neighbor from like across the street mm-hmm. used to know when I was going to bed because she was always at the window seeing when I <laughs> like turned off the light and will tell what? people hey <laughs> yeah that's it's very much and I've just recently found out that like my sister uh, my niece was born when my sister was had still not finished university she was Mm -hmm. 28 but she was still at uni Mm -hmm. uh, and she wasn't married and she isn't married uh, even though she's still with the father of the kid Mm -hmm. but apparently people in our city still talk about the fact that my sister had a kid out of wedlock and is still not married and the kid is 11 so what the fuck (laughs) holy shit that's a long time to be talking about somebody else (laughs) jesus christ This is what annoys me. Like, I think my, if I had to have a, I don't know, a family crest or a motto, it would be mind your own business. That's great. I think you should start drawing it and like making it. (laughs) If I cared enough, I would tattoo it on myself, but I don't. (laughs) 
yeah, for me, it's also great to live here because the population in London is about the same as the population mm -hmm. in the whole of Portugal. So, you know, it's a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. How long have you been in London for? It's been seven years since I've moved. I did my master's before that here and then I went back to Portugal. Right. But yeah, now I'm here for seven years. Nice. I reached that conclusion even more than seven years. It will be eight years, I guess, in January. Uh, yeah, I reached that conclusion recently and was very surprised because <laughs> time just flies yeah it doesn't feel like i've been here that long i haven't been in london very long to be fair i've only been here for a year but yeah it feels crazy when i think i've been here for eight years time is especially yeah. like this last year i've whenever i'm yeah. telling people how long ago I'd, i've done something i'm taking it yeah. out and then oh wait this last year didn't bit count i need to start putting it into things yeah because um i keep having this thing i don't know if you have this but i i keep having this thing where i'll think of something that's happened and go oh my god that was such a nice time a few years back and then it would have been february where i'll remember an incident or an event and be like oh that was such a nice time i haven't seen them in years and be like oh wait no that was january of this year when that happened it's madness. I was thinking about something that happened in the summer uh, mm. recently and thought, oh, that was so long ago. And no, it was like, I haven't seen this person in at least a year. No, I've seen them in June. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. It's yeah. very weird time we're living in yeah. a, a time warp of some sort. I either have like, I either have this thing where it's suddenly it's Friday, like this week. It feels like it was Monday yesterday and suddenly tomorrow is Friday. Or I have this thing where it's 11 a.m. on a Tuesday every single <laughs> second of the day. Where I, keep, I look at my watch and I'm like, oh, it's at least 3 p.m. and it's still 11 a.m. And I'm like, how is this still happening? It's the same day? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and it's never anything in the middle. It's always one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to like do a proper investigation of what's happening to time during COVID. <laughs> yeah. Is it the virus that's messing around with the time? <laughs> yeah, probably. They've discovered so many weird symptoms. Maybe time warp is just one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've mentioned one person already, but is there mm -hmm. someone real or fictional, a public figure or just someone mm -hmm. from your life that you would use as an example of bravery? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned Malala, so that's, yeah. I guess she is real, um, but someone from my life. I think there are people that do things that I think are very brave. So I think my parents are very brave because they're currently in the midst of the madness in India where the case rate is quite high as well. They're teaching um, children who basically don't have access to education, whose parents are some of the lowest earners in Indian society. They're teaching those kids English and holding like a, essentially school for them while wearing masks and everything in the midst of all of this. So I think that's really brave. Um, they would find it very cringy if they heard this. Um, <laughs> so hopefully they don't, they don't listen to this. Um, I think some of my friends are brave. I have a friend who by all things compared is always going through a lot and she just keeps going at it. So I think it's like characteristics of people that I know and love that I see bravery in them and um it that's what i was thinking about today like um i'd say my partner is brave in a lot of ways he just takes anything in his stride he's consistently especially with me out of his comfort zone he will eat anything um he'll try everything once um yeah i, I think that's bravery i have a friend who literally he's probably the bravest person i know because he will do crazy shit with no fear there's i think that's he's not brave i think he has no fear 
Um, I think those are two very different things. <laughs> so I think I see a lot of bravery in the people around me a lot of the time, which sounds like some shit that like Miss World would come out and say, <laughs> I see bravery in the people around me. Uh, <laughs> I feel a bit sick saying that. <laughs> this is what happens when you make people think about sappy shit like this. <laughs> I will send uh, you a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> about bravery and your head will explode <laughs> this episode's gonna come out in february and i'm gonna have my friends firstly messaging me being like we didn't recognize that person at the end of the episode and at the beginning what do you mean you hate all the snail mail we've been sending you <laughs> do they inspire you to go more out of your comfort zone yeah definitely like i think being with my partner he inspires me a lot to go out of my comfort zone um just because he does it and then i'm like oh, you can do it then shit i should probably also and with some of my with my friend who's always like going through a lot but keeps pushing on i think she i feel like even when she's absolutely at her lowest whining about everything in the nicest way possible uh feels like she can't stand up she's like ah, i'll just try something different and i think that's something i learned from her that i find very inspiring where she's just like well i've been doing she's very i think what i like or have learned from her is problem solving uh which sounds like a very rational way to look at it but i quite like that she's like this has been difficult for so long and i've tried doing it this way it hasn't helped i'm miserable this is miserable i'm gonna try something completely different and i think that's very inspiring yeah uh, i've uh, this week has been you know like i think we've all gone gone through it during covid there's like weeks <laughs> when you're okay and then weeks that we're like, <laughs> and i'm on that one of those low weeks mm -hmm. so maybe i'll just need to do something different that just made me think maybe i'll just like i don't know i'll start today differently tomorrow and maybe it will yeah. change you see all these like wellness bloggers be like start off with a bottle of water in the morning and make your bed and your life will change and i tried all of that and it didn't work but then um i also tried this thing where when i was i'd wake up in the morning and feel like absolute crap i just do something really small really differently so instead of i normally i wake up in the morning and walk straight to my laptop and open it so that i can log in for work and a few days back i woke up and i was so tired i was like i'm just gonna call in sick i have barely slept i feel like crap and i woke up and instead of walking to my laptop i went outside and opened the window and it was raining and there were people running around and i just watched them for 10 minutes and i had such a good day after that again <laughs> sappy shit but i think yeah i think i like the the things that are practical that actually i can see results with if that makes sense yeah i just remember that last week i was doing like i was waking up and going outside like with a coffee Mm -hmm. and just walking around like if it was my commute which I never had because I've always worked from home but mm -hmm. still uh, I did ha do stuff outside of the house which I do less now and that was like a good way to start today because I just had mm -hmm. fresh air on my face this week I don't know it's darker colder I just don't yeah. feel like going outside but maybe that's what's putting me down that's actually a really good tip because I've actually never because it's so cold I've not considered once leaving the house <laughs> at all in the morning <laughs> But that's actually a really good idea. Maybe you should try that. I do. I do drink a good chunk of water when I wake up because mm. I feel like that's like scientifically uh, a good thing. Mm. But it still doesn't make me yeah, more energetic. It just, I don't know. It just puts the water inside my body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all the ones where it's um, also, I, I went through a phase of trying the, um, the spiced waters or the you know the detox waters or whatever garbage where you put like cayenne pepper and lemon and mint or whatever um, 
I tried that for a week and I was like, oh, this is this really this really good. Maybe these fitness bloggers know what they talk about. And then <laughs> the weekend of that week, I was in the toilet for so long because my stomach had just been so upset by me doing that. And I eat a lot of spicy food, so I don't know what is in that water that did this to me, but it was just a week of consuming that. And I was just like, by the time it hit Sunday, I was like, I can't get out of bed because my stomach hurts so much. So never doing that again. <laughs> that's a, a fun, like maybe that's what makes you run. It's <laughs> what makes you move. You're like, oh, I'm in pain. I need to. <laughs> maybe yeah. yeah there's nothing that'll get you out of bed faster than needing to run to the toilet but like when you live with flatmates that may be a problem because then yeah. the toilet may be busy <laughs> yeah, I know. you have been thinking about bravery and you took notes mm -hmm. is there something you thought about that i haven't asked you about no but i have written down so i was just like writing down all my thoughts as i thought them <laughs> i don't i don't know if that makes sense but I've said, uh, when going back to uh, what is bravery, what I've written down is, I don't know if I'm brave because everything that's been hard, I've gotten over because I had to. Is that bravery or just ignorance? And then I've said, I don't feel like I'm very brave because I just feel like I have, what I do have is not a lot of time or patience for bullshit. So I think what I meant by that is I worry a lot about everything all the time. So like, I'll worry that somebody looked at me in a way that wasn't great. I'll worry that one of my friends hates me because they didn't send a smiley face at the end of a text. I'll worry that my joke, even though everyone laughed, was actually not that funny. Like I worry about things all the time and 99% of the time it's bullshit. And 1% of the time is probably a valid worry. Like worrying about whether your zipline's gonna snap is a valid worry. Cause it, it might, it probably won't, but if it does, you're dead. But 99% of the time, because it's such bullshit that I think my way of rationalizing what other people call bravery is just me being like, I don't have time for this worry bullshit. Because if I thought about every, if I actually seriously considered and thought about every worry that I have in my head, I would never leave the house. I'd be too worried to do anything with my life. So it's, it's easier to just not consider any of my thoughts, um, mm -hmm. which is why I probably, again, coming back to my original thing of, is it bravery? When you're just like kind of not living in denial, but basically being like, ah, shut up to your brain. It just feels like what you need to do sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's part of like, because sometimes when I asked guests if there was something in their future for which they have the need to be brave, mm -hmm. a couple of people have answered, I hope not, which I think is uh, an interesting answer because yeah, yeah, maybe you only need to be brave when something really big happens and you actually mm. need, to, depending on what you want, what your definition of bravery is. And I'm very, very open to the out of your comfort zone definitions of bravery, because that's the only way I can tell people I have been brave. And I'm trying to tell, <laughs> to say that more because I started this podcast and I've, I've started <laughs> making a list of little things I have been brave, which are not necessarily necessarily brave are just like little things but yeah if you think about bravery in like a bigger thing mm -hmm. in a bigger like a heavier uh, definition maybe you don't want to be brave you just want to live life yeah. without the need of being brave yeah because i think that's another thing i'd written down where i said i don't think um i said i'm so i think i've written i'm immensely privileged and i think part of that privilege is not having anything big to have to be brave about because as it stands at the moment my life is fairly easy I can't complain I've managed to keep my job I work from home there's a pandemic going on and I haven't got COVID so I think that's that thing about not have wanting something to be brave about is similar in the sense that maybe bravery is for things that are big 
at least that's to some extent the way I think of it. That's why maybe my first, the first person that popped into my head was something dramatic like Malala. Because I was yeah. like, that's brave. <laughs> like standing up to the Taliban, that is brave. Yeah. Someone else in this podcast has also talked about like the spectrum of bravery. So there's like mm-hmm. bravery like Malala, which mm-hmm. is definitely brave. But there's also like the bravery of going out in a day you're feeling like shit or mm-hmm. I don't know, stuff like that. And it's smaller, yeah. but you also need to like get yeah. a, hmm, I'm going to do this. And yeah. I-, I know we're in a podcast and what I'm doing with my body won't uh, yeah. <laughs> translate for the <laughs> listeners. But hey, like you need to pick yourself up to go out. I think that's what yeah. my body was saying. <laughs> yeah, I think the reason why I hesitate so much with the word bravery is because bravery feels like so much more I think there's a lot of weight attached to that specific word, but you're right. There, there is a, there is a huge spectrum on which it lies. But sometimes I feel like the the word is so much that me getting out of bed when I'm tired, I'm like, oh, was that brave? Or uh, ziplining even, I'm like, that was stupid. Was that brave? <laughs> you know, this is why I think it's a, such a yeah. It's something I keep. I'm, I'm thinking. See, I, I'm doing it again where I'm thinking about it too much. But that goes back to like. The first episode I've recorded of this podcast, I did say this. I didn't use the word bravery. I made up a word that is braveness, which is not a made-up word, apparently. It's in the dictionary. But I thought <laughs> was a word that didn't exist. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It seemed, because it's not the word bravery, it seemed like it could encompass more mm-hmm. of the small bravery actions that you do in your life. I stopped using it now. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually quite liked... Um, I googled... Doughty, is that how you pronounce it? Doughty? Doughty? Yeah, I don't know. I've been pronouncing it Doughty, but (laughs) I may be wrong. I don't know either. Um, But I actually Googled that and I actually liked the word more. I meant to say that right at the beginning and I forgot. I actually liked that word more than bravery because when I Googled it, it came up with brave and persistent. Mm -hmm. And I think that I identify with more because people have said doing a, like I did a PhD and people said doing a PhD is hard and it is hard in a lot of ways. And I feel like I am proud that I did it and completed it. But the key thing behind that, I wouldn't say it was bravery. I would say it was persistence, which is why I like the definition of doughty because a lot of the things I would say would be strength and persistence as opposed to, because to me, bravery has such weight. Mm-hmm. Strength and persistence is something that maybe it's just me finding a way out of, the argument, but I quite like Doughty as a word for that purpose. It feels more applicable to a wider range of situations for me in my personal life. That's great. That makes me be happy for the choice (laughs) of the word. Uh, And maybe we'll bring it back to like normal conversation because I think no one uses it now. And everyone has asked me what it meant. Uh, And I didn't know what it meant before I went to the Zauras and looked for synonyms of bravery. What should I call my podcast? So yeah. Yeah. It's not that I know that that I have a huge vocabulary that no one else has. (laughs) The internet does. We're at the end of the podcast, and the last thing I I'm asking people is if they have any anything to promote. So we do say my name gigs fairly regularly. The last few months we've been doing them online. I normally post the details on my Twitter, so if you follow me on Twitter, I'm at Dr. Shalaka Kurp. So D R S H A L A K A K U R U P. Or if you want to see photos of food, I'm at Shalaka Kurp on Instagram, which is just the same handle without the dr in front of my name but yeah don't have anything else to promote really 
That's about it. Thank you so much for accepting to be a guest at my podcast. Thank you so much. I feel like I've made a lot of uh, mistakes in, and hurt a lot of people with my <laughs> callous comments, but it's been fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at Beats on Twitter and Instagram for all dowdy updates. As all podcasts will tell you, all rates and reviews will be super welcome. And do share the podcast with your friends or on your socials. Hashtag DowdyPod. I would also like to know your pics of people who, to you, are examples of bravery. Share them on your reviews or tweet them at me. Huge, huge thank you to Champagne for the podcast jingle and a bunch of other things that are podcast related. If you've enjoyed listening to Dowdy, have some spare to give, and would like to support me and help me improve on my tech and skills, all tips are welcome through PayPal and Coffee on at Mariana's Beats. I've been Mariana Feijó. Until next week.